It is Friday, October 16th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 6 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaub. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Not with us is Tyler Syracuse, who is out sick. This podcast, though, is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, you took over the season lead with your third win in the Shark Duel this past week. What went right for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, 2020's been a strange year, but me actually playing well on FanDuel is like the, the strangest thing yet. Um, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, it looks like you know, getting on Deshaun Watson was key for this lineup, and then I guess playing C.D. Lamb at his price tag. And it's funny, I was going back and forth between – uh, C.D. Lamb and Deontay Johnson, and I obviously made the right call with, with Lamb last week. I had the only share of Dak Prescott, which obviously kind of doomed my lineup here, and I stacked him with the two worst Cowboys plays of the week, Amari Cooper and Dalton Schultz. So who knows what would have happened if Dak hadn't gone down, but it didn't work out. James Robinson let me down as well. I don't think he was a bad play. He was in a fine spot. You know, maybe not – I mean, maybe I should have considered him less for cash because his team was the underdog, but mm-hmm. – Touches weren't the problem. He just didn't really produce any numbers, didn't get a touchdown opportunity. James Conner, similarly, he he might have been the bigger mistake, actually, because James Conner was fine. He scored, but he was $200 more than Mike Davis, and I think Mike Davis was the better play for a cash lineup. It wouldn't have made the difference here, but I think it would have been the better play process-wise. Yep, and then we both learned our lessons on uh, you know fading Mike Davis right now. Mm-hmm. We'll all be back at it for round six of the Shark Duel, hopefully putting those lessons into play. I wander aimlessly, of course, in search of my first victory of the season over here. Um, I will show you who I'm playing against these guys in my losing lineup for week six. I'll show you their lineups as well in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com come Saturday morning. For now, though, Smoterboat, why don't you give us a cash quarterback? Yeah, I'm going Matt Stafford on FanDuel here. Um, just 7300 bucks. He checks in as the top dollars per point value based on our projections this week. Uh, you know, We have him fifth among quarterbacks, among main slate quarterbacks in our rankings. He's just ninth among them in price. Um, and it's really just this Jacksonville matchup. Uh, the Jags are 32nd in football outsiders past D. They're 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Phil Rivers threw for 363 yards against them in week one. Uh, Ryan Tannehill threw four touchdowns against them on just 24 pass attempts. Then, of course, we had you know Deshaun Watson finally have his breakout game of the season last week against Jacksonville. So I, I think it's, you know, Stafford's been disappointing this season too, kind of like Watson had been. I think this is the week he, he breaks out. Yeah, and even in being disappointing, he's still thrown two-plus touchdown passes in three straight games. So uh, it's not difficult to like Matthew Stafford in cash. I, I don't think he stands, you know, way ahead of everybody else. I think there are other options around him. I do think that Matthew Stafford's a better bet for passing volume than Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Fitzpatrick in the same area. So I have Matthew Stafford ahead of those guys as well, but I think all those guys are in play. I think Tom Brady's in play as well at 7,500, only 200 more than Matthew Stafford. Good matchup for him against a bad Green Bay uh, defense. Um, and then if the lineup build allows to to go up to the more expensive guys, Deshaun Watson's at 8,200, Cam Newton's at 8,000. I think those guys are worth considering if, you know, you get to the end of the build and you're like, well, I've already, I've got five, $700 still sitting here that I 
can use, I might as well go up to one of these higher ceiling guys. Yeah, like all those guys, like you said, I think it's, you know, there's a lot of different directions you can go at quarterback this week, like most weeks. Um, I like Deshaun Watson in tournaments, especially um, at that $8,200 price tag. Again, had the 27 point game last week. I, I like this Texans Titans game. You know, it has a 53 point over under. Um, both these teams are top nine in situation neutral pace. So, you know, it should be an up tempo game with more plays than usual. Um, the Titans just 19th in football outsiders pass defense DVOA. And Deshaun Watson's just had success against Tennessee throughout his career. He has two plus passing scores in all four games against the Titans. And he's averaged uh, 42 and a half rushing yards and half a touchdown per game against them on the ground. And you like that Will Fuller's still at 6700 bucks, so it's a more affordable stack than you're going to find in other places. I mean, uh, Tom Brady, for example, you have to pay either 7600 for Mike Evans or 7700 for Chris Godwin, or, you know, if you want to get both of those guys in, you're really going to have to get creative with the lineup otherwise. So I think that adds to the attractiveness of Watson over here. I do think he, Brady, Cam Newton are probably my favorites. Uh, and they, we talked about it on the DraftKings show, but if I go Brady – Chris Godwin might be my favorite um, wide receiver to put with him here if I'm not trying to fit both of the guys in. He has the better individual matchup. He has the question with the hamstring, but you mentioned he has he put in a full practice Friday. He has no injury designation heading into the game. So, you know, it seems like he's in about as good a shape as he could be on the hamstring front. And Mike Evans is expected to see a Jair Alexander shadow in coverage. So just a tougher individual matchup for Mike Evans. You know, he's capable of beating it but it's something to keep in mind if you're deciding between those two players. Yeah, I'm liking Godwin the more and more we talk about him um, for this week. He, he's not as big a value on FanDuel here as he is on DraftKings, but that's you know probably going to make his ownership even lower on FanDuel. Running back, what do you like for cash? Running back, I'm going David Montgomery for cash. You know, 5900 bucks. I'm not really sure what FanDuel is doing with that price tag. I mean, maybe it's, you know, Montgomery hasn't had big games the past two weeks. He's faced tough matchup, matchups against the Colts and the Bucks, um, but the usage has been, you know, RB1 level, uh, 83% of the Bears' offensive snaps. He's run a pass route on 73% of Nick Foles' dropbacks. He's handled 20 of the 26 running back carries and seen a 17% target share. So, again, you know, that, that's like top 12 level usage. And now he gets this matchup against the Panthers, who are 29th in football outsiders' run defense rankings. They're dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back. So, you know, volume plus matchup at this price tag, it's it's tough to get away from Montgomery on FanDuel. Ronald Jones has had big games the past two weeks, two straight 100-yard rushing games. He's seen four-plus targets in three straight games. He's still just 5800 bucks though. The whole situation, his production the past couple weeks, and Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy still not being fully healthy, it, it should guarantee Ronald Jones' work. I don't know if it's a safe situation going forward, but for this week, it should be fairly safe for Ronald Jones to get that work. Packers are 29th in overall defensive DVOA, 25th against the pass, 25th against the run. So the Bucs should be able to move the ball pretty much at will in this game. There should be scoring opportunities. And the, the Packers are even missing their primary inside linebacker, Christian Kirksey. Um, so it's a good spot for Ronald Jones. I'm never going to call him safe, but he and David Montgomery are kind of in the same boat on that front. Yeah, I mean, the fact that McCoy is back for this game in Fournette, I would guess he's going to be back. You know, he's limited all week, but, he, you know, he was active last week in an emergency. It's been 10 days since. I would expect Fournette to be active. Um, I wouldn't say I'd completely avoid Jones and Cash. I do prefer Montgomery among the two, though. I can understand that. I think Miles Gaskin is in play when we're talking about guys in that salary range, 5,700. But I'm going to have a hard time not fading him at – double digit ownership. If that's where he comes in, you know, obviously if you're playing a head to head, it doesn't really matter, but for like even a 50, 50 field and certainly for GPPs, 
I just don't think Miles Gaskin is that is a lock to generate points, even if the Dolphins control this game. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I I definitely prefer Montgomery down in that price range. I think I'd even lean toward Jones over Gaskin. And, and honestly, I don't think you need to play two of these cheap running backs. It's just you know the the pricing is too loose on Fanduel, where you know you, you you're going to have salary left over if you play you know two sub six k running backs. Mm-hmm. On the GPP side, I think I want to overlearn my lesson and play Mike Davis here at 7,500 bucks. I think he's headed for lower ownership than what he should be. He should be like a 20 plus percent guy, even going against Chicago. Maybe the matchup scares people off, but the Bears are just 17th and run defense DVOA right now. So it's a much worse matchup for the passing game for Carolina than it is for the run. Sixth against the pass, the Bears are top four in coverage versus both number one and number two receivers, according to football outsiders. So, I mean, it should be a day to even further feature Mike Davis in this game. The Bears do present a negative matchup overall, but the Panthers aren't going to go scoreless in this game, most likely. We'll see. They're ninth overall in offensive DVOA, so they've been a good offense so far. Mike Davis is the most likely Panther, I think, to be involved in any touchdowns that they score other than, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater. So I just think Mike Davis remains a strong play this week in what might seem like a strong matchup. And we might get him at lower ownership than we would normally. A guy who's been producing the way that he has. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just getting you know top three level usage. So um, even in a middling matchup, I think he, he's a nice play. Um, I like Kareem Hunt for tournaments. Uh, and it's kind of similar. I talked about Aaron Jones on the DraftKings side. Kind of similar with Kareem Hunt. You know, talented running back who we know is going to get volume. He's in a bad matchup, which is you know going to keep ownership down. But I mean, I mean we, we just saw Miles Sanders have a big game against the Steelers run defense and yeah it came you know mostly on just one big run but Kareem Hunt's capable of that too especially when he's going to get you know 20 to 25 touches in this game so I um, you know he's also the same exact price as Alexander Madison which should keep Hunt's ownership way down I saw that Baker Mayfield's questionable for this game if he's not playing does that change your Kareem Hunt yeah if Baker's out I, I'd you know probably just be avoiding the Browns offense as a whole you're not taking Kareem Hunt with Case Keenum I mean, he'd probably get, you know, 30 carries at that case, but I, I would be shocked if the Steelers let Hunt beat them with uh, Keenum at quarterback. And a 27% target share, especially if Odell yeah. Beckham also doesn't play a question. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, Landry's banged up too. I mean, the Browns are kind of a mess. I, you know, I wouldn't touch Hunt in cash, but again, I just think his his talent plus the volume has me interested in him for tournaments. All the touches to Kareem Hunt this week against Pittsburgh. At wide receiver for cash, I like Devontae Parker at a $6,400 price tag. He's the cheapest alpha receiver on FanDuel this week. That allows me to fit more around him. It's a high upside matchup. The Jets are the worst team in the league in coverage on number one wide receivers, according to Football Outsiders. I just, With all of that, I think Devontae Parker is as close to a lock as most people at this position, especially when you factor in the price tag. Yeah, I actually have Parker down for my tournament play. Um, I think he's definitely an option in cash too. I think he's, you know, a bit underpriced there. Um, I have Allen Robinson for my cash game play. He comes in as our top dollars per point value at wide receiver based on our projections. Um, even with the quarterback change, he's, his, his volumes actually climbed with Nick Foles, um, 31% target share, 26 total targets for A-Rob and uh, Nick Foles is two starts. Um, and the Panthers, they've been decent against the pass in general, but they've given up some big games to like true number one wide receivers. Mike Evans had 104 yards and a score against them. Keenan Allen caught 13 balls for 132 yards and a score. Uh, Kevin Ridley just had the eight catch 136 yard game last week. So, um, you know, Allen Robinson, we know he's going to get the volume, always a bit scary, you know, with the quarterback situation, but if he's getting that, that much volume, it's kind of tough for him to fail. 
Yeah, I certainly like Allen Robinson as well. I'll also throw out A.J. Brown at 6500 Basically the same price as Devontae Parker. Basically the same sales pitch on him. The matchup's good. He produced big numbers against Houston in both meetings last year. Got over 110 yards, scored a touchdown in each of those games. He's seen 17 targets across his two games this year. So really nothing to dislike about A.J. Brown heading into this week, I think. Yep, definitely. On the GPP side, the guy I have, late, uh, the guy I have written down is Adam Thielen. 7400 bucks. He's, he's my expensive ceiling wide receiver to go after here. Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, I think are trending toward higher ownership in the same price, price range this week. All those guys are certainly in play, but Thielen is the best bet to get volume within his offense to get target share. Eight plus targets in four of his five games, five targets in that other game, but he rebounded from that to get nearly 50% of the targets in the next game. So even if we get a Vikings lopsided victory here and we get low passing volume, we still have Adam Thielen a good bet to get a large chunk of that and to put up numbers. He scored in four or five games this year. He has multiple touchdown upside. So I would like to get Adam Thielen into my lineup, especially this week where we don't have that top expensive shelf at running back that we have to worry about as much. Yes, like Thielen a lot. I even think he's in play for cash games. Um, mm-hmm. Mentioned Devontae Parker, who's like my top tournament play on FanDuel. Um, we mentioned Will Fuller, who I like. I mean, I think you know people just saw Brandon Cooks have the big game. They might be off fuller, but it's just as likely to be fuller that explodes this week. And then how long do you think Chase Claypool is going to be at 5,500 bucks? Cause he's interesting, especially with Deontay Johnson out for the Steelers now. Yeah. I think that he's priced cheaply enough to not worry about the ownership for him. I would be, I'll be curious to see. I have no idea because I mean, if he were in the 6k range, I would say it's probably not going to be that high because most people are going to know a four touchdown game is fluky for anybody, but at yep. 55, He's going to be an easy fit for a lot of lineups. I would not be surprised if he's 20 plus by the time we get to GPPs. That, that makes sense. But I, like you said, I think um, he's he's still worth considering just, you know, the upside that he's shown at that price tag. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd have to get to like 40% where sure. it really matters. But with Deontay Johnson out, I think he's just a fine play regardless of how popular he is. Yep. I agree. Over at tight end, what do you like for cash? I think Jonu Smith for cash. Um, he's just underpriced at fifty eight hundred bucks. Um, he, you know, he's he's gotten lucky in the touchdown department still uh, so far. He has five scores on just eighteen catches. Um, but if you watch the Titans games, you know he's clearly like their first read inside the red zone. The numbers bear that out. Um, he leads the Titans with six red zone targets. He has four targets inside the ten yard line. So the TDs are going to keep coming even if they don't come at the pace they have so far. And then just even outside the red zone, you know, he's been getting good volume. Uh, seven plus targets in three of his four games. He has either four or five catches in all four of his games. So he's just been a steady option. And again, we like this uh, Titans Texans game to be a shootout. Yeah. I mean, projecting touchdowns is not something that you want to try to do. You want to go after somebody who's getting nice target share and Johnny Smith is doing that. He's playing very well. Uh, He looks like a player who's on the rise as we expected heading into the season. And he's in a fairly shallow pass offense, especially with Corey Davis out. So I like him as the top cash play here as well. I think, if I get to the point where I'm choosing my tight end and that I can't quite get that salary level in my lineup, I think Eric Ebron would be my next step down at 5,200. Certainly not a safe option, but the matchup with Cleveland is nice. Sixth most PPR points allowed, two tight ends, tied for third most receptions allowed to the position. So, you know, Ebron could certainly dud, but if I'm going down to 5,200, I think he's about as good as you tend to get at that price level. Yep, agree. Like Ebron this week. Um, on the tournament side, I, I want to get up to Mark Andrews. Um, anyway, seventy six hundred bucks. I don't know if that keeps his ownership down a little bit, um, but honestly, he's he's easy to fit on Fanduel. 
Um, you know, we've already seen the upside this season with a couple of multiple touchdown games. And really, this is his best matchup of the year so far. The Eagles, 30th in football outsiders tight end coverage rankings. We've already seen them give up the three touchdown game to Tyler Higby, the 15 catch 183 yard game to George Kittle. So, you know, Andrews has that type of upside this week. And Darius Slay is trending toward playing. He's got a concussion. He's been cleared to play. He has to stay symptom free through the weekend until game time to actually be active for the game. But if Darius Slay is in there, it toughens the matchup for Marquise Brown. Only further motivates the Ravens, I would assume, to target Mark Andrews in a game where they should be planning to give him the ball plenty. You know, as you mentioned, we've seen the ceiling from the Eagles defense with tight ends. We've seen the ceiling from Mark Andrews catching two, two, two touchdowns twice already this season. So, yeah, he's somebody that I want to get to. If I'm building a lineup that have higher priced guys at other positions and I don't have room for that kind of expensive tight end, your boy Trey Burton is way at the other end at 4700 bucks. He's only $400 more than Irv Smith, and he's more prominent in his offense at this point than Irv Smith is for the Vikings right now. Mo Alley-Cox is ruled out, so it should be a fine spot for target volume for Trey Burton. You know, we've talked about it with minimum price guys. I know that 4700 is not minimum price, but it's close enough where you don't need big things from Trey Burton, and there's there's just nothing in the Colts' pass offense that looks good right now. So yeah. I mean, he has as good a chance of scoring a touchdown as I pretty much anybody else through the air on that team. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you feel like Burton doesn't have enough upside for tournaments, but at that price tag, if he scores, like, you know, he, he, he can be in a tournament winning lineup. Every week I look at the Colts implied total, and I'm like, the Colts are not, you know, they're implied for like 27 points this week. I don't expect them to get there, but, you know, Vegas has them as, you know, projected to be one of the higher scoring teams of the week. So you know, maybe Burton is a pretty good touchdown, but. And Football Outsiders has the Bengals fourth in tight end coverage, but I just don't believe it. I mean, I don't think – I don't know who the guy is on that defense that makes it that good. I don't think he's there. I think it's a numbers thing that's going to um, go back in the other direction. We've already seen the Bengals allow six for 56 and a touchdown to Mark Andrews, five for 73 to Hunter Henry, seven for 70 to uh, Zach Ertz. So we know that they can allow numbers to tight ends. Yep. At Flex, plenty of affordable running back options to go three running backs here, right? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about a bunch already. We haven't even mentioned James Robinson, um, sixty-five hundred bucks. He actually checks in as the um, third best dollars per point value on on the main slate. I think some wide receivers I'd also consider in the six K range: Devontae Parker, who I mentioned before, Will Fuller, you mentioned, AJ Brown. You know, if they're not in the wide receiver spots, then I think that all those guys are good enough bets for targets that they could even be in consideration for a flex spot in a cash lineup, certainly for tournament use. And then a GPP, you know, you mentioned Chase Claypool above. I think he could factor in here as a potential flex at 5,500. Justin Jefferson at 5,900 could also be a GPP flex. Great matchup for him against Atlanta. Uh, I wouldn't consider those guys safe enough to be flexes for my cash lineup um, because, you know, either one could get four targets in this game, but high upside if they do get the ball. Yeah, like those guys, the one I'd add, and it again be for tournaments only, would be Marquise Brown. 6300 bucks again has the tough matchup against Darius Slay, but Brown can make his week on just one play. Yeah, and I would I would call him a tournament play, you know, either way, whether it's wide receiver or flex this week. Yep. On defense, the forty the Ravens at forty nine hundred pop as our top dollars per point option. Also projected for just two point three percent ownership right now, which I'm surprised by. Maybe the Eagles scoring twenty nine points at Pittsburgh last week is scaring people away from taking a defense against them, but there's still plenty of upside in both turnovers and sacks of this matchup. Yeah. I like Baltimore. Um, I like Pittsburgh up near the top too at 4,500 bucks. I mean, you know, even they had a nice fantasy game last week, even you know, allowing those points to Philly. Um, the Steelers are first in the NFL with five sacks per game. Um, they're first in 
Football Outsiders adjusted sack rate by a pretty significant margin. And as we talked about this, you know, Brown's offense is banged up. Baker Mayfield with the chess injury. Jarvis Landry's questionable. Odell Beckham's going to play, but, you know, he missed practice on, on Thursday and Friday. They're also missing uh, their starting guard, Wyatt Teller. So a, a nice spot for the Steelers at home. Yeah, I agree. And if any of those guys does sit, it only makes the matchup better. Patriots at 4,800, another one I'll throw in in the same range. I think the Broncos are have the best chance of being shut out of any team on this main slate. Yep, agree there. Um, and if you want to go cheap, I'd go just all the way down to the Bengals at 3,300 bucks. Um, you know, just, just playing against Phillip Rivers, that gives you some upside. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the Vikings at 3,800 are also an option if you're looking cheap and have a little bit more left over. Yep. That's going to do it for this week six FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Kevin, to get tournament picks from Tyler. He will also provide his, his favorite stacking options for the week. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and imported player salaries. And come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in round six of the Shark Duel. That will still include Tyler, even though he was not healthy enough to join us for this show you can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse at Syracuse with an I. And I am at ChalfDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. <laughs>